0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Um, this morning, I want to uh, come to the conclusion of uh, th- this series that most of you thought that uh, they will never end about Rhythm of Revival. They're like, Vlad got in a series and he's going to preach it till the coming of Jesus Christ. Any message he has, he'll just label as the Rhythm of Revival, part 28, part 28 and so um originally i was put in my heart last year uh, for um, these these messages uh, about the rhythm about the momentum and so um, about healing how when we walk we receive healing when we know the truth we receive freedom how when we come to jesus and grow in jesus we receive freedom from anxiety and stress and how when we walk with our spouse we have a process in which we see our love being revived and then the last message is what i want to share in today and so last sunday when i was preparing i had so much stuff for the single people that i wanted to make a uh, message just for the singles and um, and i will do that sometime later But for now, um, I'm going to leave the singles alone. Uh, Pastor Martin had a fantastic message a few weeks ago on do's and don'ts of dating, which will be pretty much the same thing that I would have shared. And so um, and I have a lot of other messages on YouTube. So today I want to bring the series and I believe probably it's one of the most important messages that you will hear in your life today. The problem happens with many of us is that we begin many things and then we don't bring them into completion. We start many things but we don't bring them to the finish line. We create resolutions that they don't last very long. Many of us set up goals that they don't go anywhere. And there's different reasons for that. Sometimes there are spiritual. Sometimes there are very practical reasons why many goals and many things we set in our life do not become a reality. And when we acquire experiences in which we fail to reach our goals, in which we fail to reach our desired dreams, we begin to develop within us a faith that we are doomed to fail. It becomes a stronghold and we actually after that begin to live a life in automatic and we no longer dream, we no longer aim for anything and our life is no longer living, it's just existing. And today I want to help to to break that in our life and help to encourage those dreams that have died and those who maybe have stopped dreaming or believing because of so many disappointments as so many times you started and you never finished. I myself struggled before with finishing things. I would make a promise to God that I will do this and two months later I will forget about it. I would make a promise to myself that I will you know read this or fast this many days and I wouldn't finish it and you know Jesus is a great example of that because when he was dying on the cross and things were painful you don't see Jesus screaming I quit. He shouted it is finished and then he gave up the ghost. You have to come to the point where in, even when it's hard you don't scream I quit but you shout I finished it. Amen. Even if it was hard, even if it wasn't easy, even if it was costing you something, you have to develop within you a mindset of the finisher not just the starter because if you start many things you don't finish them. After a while you stop starting things. You will just let life be as it is. Yeah. You get married, you need to finish that that means till death do us part. You start a reading, Bible reading plan for a year, go through that. Even when you fall, even when you slack off, when you start commitment to God, you gotta go till the end. Like apostle Paul says, I kept the faith, I finished that race. I have finished what God called me to do. Next thing that happens is you develop faith and you develop experience and a habit and a character and a habit within you that you're not just a starter, but you are also a finisher. Amen. Typically we go and I mentioned this once and it's worth repeating how this happens in our life. Everything starts with a desire. It starts with a desire or with a dream. Desire is something that you want. For example, you find yourself in debt and then you say, I want to be free out of credit card debt. You find yourself overweight and you say, you know what? I want to be, I want to lose weight you maybe find yourself today addicted to certain thing and you have a desire you say i want to no longer smoke i want to read the bible once in a year i want to develop a lifestyle of fasting i want to change my eating habits i want to learn god's voice and actually hear god's voice i want to i want to is a very powerful stage that we all have to start with sometimes you have to understand is that God will not deliver people. Derek Prince says this. He says God delivers those who are desperate. The problem with many people why they cannot experience freedom from bad habits in their life is because they don't want to and their want is not big enough. Their parents want them to be free. Their friends want them to be free. Their pastor priest wants them to be free except them. They don't want to be free. What do you do when you find yourself in an area that you know you should be free from this. You know you should change in this area but you don't have a desire. I usually encourage people with this, do you want to, want to. When I meet with somebody who's addicted to alcohol or find himself in a very bad habits and I find out they have no desire to be free whatsoever. I ask them the question, do you want to have a desire? and if they can start from there God already can do a miracle you start with a desire desire has to be clear desire has to be a clear-cut objective it cannot be vague it cannot be just I just want to be more spiritual whatever that's supposed to mean I just want to be closer to God how do you measure that you have to be very clear in what you want when you look at this year what do you want this year what do you want for your family this year what do you want for your finances this year? I remember last year I just turned 30, came from Ukraine and I gained substantial amount of weight. I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize how you don't realize how it gets on you. It gets, it just kind of grew with it and my pastor gave my wife an advice. He said uh, your husband, help your husband. He needs to lose some weight. You know and that's, that's hurts you know when your own pastor doesn't see you as beautiful and I stepped on the scale and I measured my weight according to my height and everything. And I realized I am two pounds away from being overweight. And so then I got a clear-cut goal. Very clear of how much pounds I want to lose. It was very clear. It was not just a desire, I want to be this. It was a clear-cut goal of what I wanted. The Bible says faith is substance of things. Faith is not substance of I want Everything. No. thing, Specific. Clear-cut. Blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and said, Jesus have mercy on me. Jesus says, what do you want? Mercy. He says, what do you want? Oh, uh, I want to see. He said, okay, we can work with that. And many of us, that's exactly what we do with God. We say, God bless me. And God says, what does that mean? Well, you know Lord. He says, I do, but do you know what you want? god is not asking you so that he can get no god knows your heart god wants you to know what you want that's why he asked solomon what do you want he said daniel you're a man of desire what do you want for example i want very clearly i don't want the whole world to be saved that's that's a desire that god has my desire is i want to see one thousand souls saved that's measurable and that is a concrete concrete clear goal I want to see 1,000 souls being healed, 1,000 bodies being healed this year. That's what I want. I want to see 30 people in our internship this year. I want to see a movement of hundreds of kids during this summer from the Yogi Bear. That's what I want. I want to see teenagers preaching once a month in our youth service and becoming young men and women of God. That's what I want. I want our CD when it's going to be released, a race to deliver to begin to impact the Christian world. That's what I want. I want a specific clear-cut goals. And this is where it starts with everything. Your faith cannot grow if you don't know what you want. Most of us have been convinced that our wants are wrong. I want to convince you that your wants are weak. God wants a desire that is strong within you. A burning desire. Do you want to be set free from smoking? Do you want to pay off your consumer debt? Do you want to be... Lose weight, for example. Do you want to see your family come to Jesus Christ? What do you want? This is where you have to start with. After you figure out what you want, you go to step number two is you decide. You make a decision. You say, I will. I will. Decision is very powerful because God will honor decision. The problem with many of us, why we don't like to make decisions is because we are so worried about the details and the complications that making this decision will bring into our life. What will happen? If I choose to read the Bible, where will I have the time? If I choose, you know, if I want to lose weight, you know, but what, what do I do? And we get so worked up about the details the decision will bring. Now realizing when you make a decision, God releases grace to deal with details. God won't give you the grace to deal with details until you make up your mind. I will do that. When Daniel went to the Babylonian kingdom and Daniel made a decision. I will not eat of the foods offered to idols. Well he could have gotten killed for that decision but Daniel let the worries about the details come after the decision and it's interesting God gave him wisdom, uh, how to present his plan of not eating those foods and not only God gave him wisdom, God gave him favor and he got fatter from eating good foods, not skinnier. That was in old days, that was actually good. It's interesting everybody was trying to get lighter in the Old Testament and bigger and it seems like everything is opposite, trends change. for free on the side but the the point is that when he makes a decision God works out the details when you make a decision God will work out the details when you make a decision that I'm going to pursue this you know like the decision that we made to go to a Toyota center you have no idea how many times during the week I get panic attacks from Toyota center Seeing that how many people registered for our conference right now, even this morning when I would sit in my chair and turn on the music and close my eyes and I imagined Toyota Center and literally I have fears that nobody will come, that you won't even come. Valentine's banquet yesterday, you know, a lot of our people didn't come and I was like, Toyota Center is going to be duplication of the Valentine's banquet. And so guess what happened? But we made a decision and because we made a decision, you're going to have to go through the details, work them out and God will come through for them when you when i made a decision last year and when i came from the ukraine that that's it in this month i'm gonna lose 10 pounds what am i gonna do am i gonna go starve myself to death but see right away you get ideas on how you're gonna go about it i said i'm gonna run every few days i'm gonna stop eating after seven i will drink water every day and i will cut my portions small little things that god will give you wisdom but he won't give you the wisdom until you make up your mind on what you're gonna do God is not going to make a decision for you. You have to make a decision because somebody say Amen. I remember fellowshipping with Anna and Mike yesterday after the banquet and and Anna came and gave her life to the Lord. Pastor Ilya was preaching one of these Sundays and Anna came and she gives her life to the Lord, surrenders her life to Jesus. And then me and Lana met with Anna afterwards and find out she, she has a boyfriend that she graciously lives with and he wants to move out of town for a job and she makes a decision right there and then she says i'm not moving out of town because i'm gonna stay in this church so i can get grounded i'm like well your boyfriend might leave you she said you know what whatever be but i'm not leaving this town because i want to be rooted in god it's interesting that that boyfriend that she had that was leaving out of town because of a job he starts to come in few weeks he gives his life to jesus he makes a decision not to move out of town, and that job moved from that place to this town, and everything got worked out. Make a decision. Somebody say, Decision. When you make a decision, details work themselves out. Many of you, you come to church, but you are afraid to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You're like, what? I have to give up this. I'll have to give up that. Does that mean I'll have to speak in tongues? Does that mean that I'll have to raise my hands? And you worry about the details. Let the details be. Make a decision and you will find the grace to work out the details in Jesus' name. The third step happens when you make a decision and this is the painful part what we're gonna talk about today is that the feelings that accompanied you when you made a decision will last there for a few days, sometimes weeks. And after that, people typically hid what uh, said God and the leadership guru calls it the dip or this dry spell or this wilderness where you have to no longer rely on, I want to do this, you have to say, I must do this. Means your feelings, what you decided to do, are gone. You're looking at that activity that you said. You promised that I'm going to tithe every month. And then first week was exciting. You get good feelings. The second week was fine. And the third week you're like, I'm not even going to church today. I'm not tithing. Why tithing? I could buy so much with that. And then you're looking at your other friends. They're like, they're not tithing and they're just fine. And so, and guess what you make a decision. You're like, I'm going to quit tithing what point from tithing what's the point of going to church people don't even like me there what's the point of depriving myself from those from those foods i mean i'm gonna still die if it's god's will for me to die i'm gonna die jim who cares about jim and then you're looking at the date nights with your spouse you're like that's the biggest waste of time we're just gonna get a tv dinners and watch our tv show and then you begin to drop the towel because the feelings you had when you made a decision disappeared and you're not the only one. It's not because you're crazy. It's not because you don't care. It's not because you're not spiritual. Even Jesus had good feelings when He said, I'm gonna go die for humanity. When it came to actually dying in the garden, Bible gives us exclusive look at His prayer. He said, Father not what I want indicates I don't want to do this. Jesus in heaven said, Father I want to do this came down on earth spent 33 years with us the crazy people he said father don't want to do this let them all burn in hell (laughs) they're crazy Judas is nuts Peter is crazy everybody crazy father I don't want to do this you will come to a time where what you've decided to do you're gonna say like Jesus father don't want to do this but not what I want what I must if you don't come to that point and if you just simply throw the towel and says, Oh, I don't want to, so I quit. No, 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 no. It's not, you're not crazy. You're just like Jesus. If you lost the want, switch to a second wind, second gear. I must. I have to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. The world is breaking against me. I have to do this. I have to take my family to church on Sunday morning. I have to fast. I have to give. I have to witness. I have to believe and dream for 1,000 souls to be saved this year. I have to. Everything is of and he says, this is not gonna happen. You crazy. W- what do you think? I mean people don't even want to be a part of this. I know. I must be about my father's business. I must. When that kicks in, you're operating no longer on emotion. You're operating on some spiritual power that is coming from the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say Amen? and after I must you go on that not for too long and then you switch where inside you begin to delight in what you used to endure you actually begin to enjoy doing the very things you had to endure the bible says Jesus he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him you begin to enjoy you know that time in fasting first day of fasting you're excited toward the evening you're like that is the dumbest idea (laughs) whoever fasts I'm sure pastor Vlad doesn't is not fasting right now and then the next day you recognize everyone else that is spiritual in the church they're they ain't fasting because they're posting pictures you're like you know what I'm not doing this this is not from God God I'm like I'm mad like I was normal before I was fasting and now I'm crazy but see and when you get through that little Crazy moment that that tension, and we all experience in everything we make a decision. You experience this beautiful feeling when the light comes in, when you now love doing what you dreaded, what you hated, what you didn't like it. You're like, that's not me. I'll never like. It. You begin to enjoy that, and then comes the most beautiful point: is you begin to see the difference in your life because of that decision. You begin to see your life change. You begin to step on a scale and the numbers are different. You begin to read the bible and you were reading the bible reading plan and for weeks you're falling asleep reading it but now it's reading you. Things stand out from the scriptures. You begin to look at your relationship and you recognize you're no longer two strangers sharing the same last name. You begin to notice beautiful thing in the face of the other person you begin to sense changes you begin to notice people are getting healed you were always praying for that but now you're not just praying for people you're seeing the results you begin to notice things are shifting and things are changing in your finances the, that debt that it seems so so huge you're noticing one more month and baby we're out of debt completely you begin to notice a change in your life see god doesn't throw the change right after you make a desire God doesn't throw that otherwise everyone will be changed. The change is a process because in all of this process something develops within you that is important to maintain the change you receive the reason why God takes us through this of breaking points and breaking periods is because God isn't interested in giving you something you do not know how to maintain and when you go through that things in you will die things in you will rise again and through that you will be able to be equipped to maintain the very blessing God brings through this process the most beautiful part it's not where it ends is the fact that you have destiny meaning you leave a legacy for your children your ceiling becomes their floor now they only see prosperity they see good decisions they don't know what it's like to borrow money because you show them how to sacrifice money they don't know how to see how people fight because you've shown love in the relationship they don't know what it's like not to read the bible to them it's a normal to see both parents reading the bible to them it's normal we have time during the month where we abstain from food completely why because we dedicate ourselves to God they see that as a normal they don't have to even fight for it it's already injected as a generational blessing that's why God told to Abraham he says what I'm teaching you it's not just for you it's for your children and your grandchildren so you will pass it on to generations yet unborn. But I want to talk about the point that that really kills all of us and that's point number three. It's when we make a decision or we made a promise to God or we made a promise to one another and then afterwards we hit this season where the feelings have faded away and on the opposite we feel so convinced we should give that up or maybe we've been doing it for some time and there is no sign of changing things are actually only getting worse and you feel like if you would just quit things will get better there's a picture of you guys probably saw the picture of two people digging a tunnel in under the ground and in that picture one person quits right before having the breakthrough and the other person keeps plowing that's us in january and that's us in february when it comes to fitness for many of us this is a beautiful picture i want to teach you something this morning when you discipline yourself when you believe when you have that dream when you have that goal put like a stamp postage stamp on the letter it sticks to the letter until that letter comes to its destination if somebody rips off the postage stamp from the letter the letter gets lost there are people in this room you're lost and it's not because you're in sin it's because the postage stamp means God's stamp on your life God's desire for you God's dream for you God's goal for you You've allowed circumstances, your bad habits, to rip that out of the envelope of your destiny. And today you're just cruising around, you're not reaching no longer your destiny. You're circling around and you're not gonna arrive on accident until the Holy Spirit in this service puts that stamp postage again on your letter and says, listen, stick to this until it arrives. At the desired destination. but what if my life will never change? what if I'm gonna believe for the salvation of my family and I will die and nothing will happen? but things are only getting worse Vlad. Joseph had a moment where things were getting bad really bad really bad really bad and then they got so bad that it seems like it can't get worse than this and Joseph kept doing the right thing he kept doing the right thing he kept doing the right thing and he kept doing the right thing he translates the dreams for other people until one night and there came a tipping point in a spiritual world where the pharaoh gets a dream and everything was positioned and Joseph gets invited and see Joseph had small little breakthroughs but he would have a one step forward three steps backwards and that's how his life was always for years for decades it's been like this but this time he steps into the Pharaoh's court to translate the dreams and he doesn't just take a step forward and then takes three steps backwards he takes a step forward another step forward another step forward and from that point on Joseph never went back to his past. I believe in spiritual world there is tipping points where you have been faithful, you have been faithful, you prayed, you prayed, you saw a little change but nothing dramatic and there comes a tipping point where things shift and once they shift they never ever go back. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's Moses in Egypt. He's giving one plague to Pharaoh and Pharaoh budges a little bit. Gives another plague and Pharaoh doesn't respond. A third plague, a fourth plague, a fifth plague and it seems like there is nothing that can move this Pharaoh. And another plague and another plague and it seems like, you know what God, these plagues aren't working. And God tells Pharaoh, Moses, he tells Moses first, he says, after this plague, he will let you go there comes a plague, there comes a tipping point, a breaking point, when when you reach that it seems like all of these little things they had no meaning whatsoever, they didn't do anything, you knew it was right, you knew God was behind it, you knew what God wanted you to do but there was no results but there comes the plague number 10 and in that plague Pharaoh will plead with you to leave and things shift and you never ever go back to Egypt but see if you leave Egypt on the plague number eight because you said this is pointless this is not gonna happen you know what I've been doing this you know what this is not work if you drop this whole process you will leave before you break through see a boiling point in water is when the heat With the the same temperature keeps boiling water, boiling water, boiling water and then that water evaporates. See your discipline, your commitment, your loyalty to God, your dream, your sacrifices. They are boiling your circumstances and they're only bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. But there comes a boiling point when that bubbly is no longer bubbly it becomes vapor and the circumstances they drastically changed, and nothing different you did except a tipping point has come into your life. Ask the widow who came to unjust, unjust judge and she told him please defend me, please defend me and the judge wouldn't budge, wouldn't budge, wouldn't budge and there came that one more time she came. It was like another time but in the spiritual world it wasn't another time. It was the breaking point. What the judge says, I will help you. I will help you. I want to encourage people today in this room. There is a breaking point where your life drastically changes. It doesn't just happen when you expect it. That's why you can't give up because the time you thought it will take for you to get to that point has expired because the, the enough oil you had to reach the bridegroom you notice the bridegroom isn't coming on time you have to wait not until your time you've set in your heart expires but until the bridegroom comes don't leave Saul when seven days pass leave only when Samuel comes disciples were told wait for the Holy Spirit and as they waited one day second day third day and next thing that happens is on a day 10 the Holy Spirit came changes happen their life was never the same your life will change Mordecai was a man who things were so bad for him there was this anti-semitism operating in Babylon against him and he was so such a big enemy and Haman wanted to kill him Haman already created a huge place where he's going to hang Mordecai Mordecai was approaching his death but see when you live your life right before God and things don't work out, there is a God who sits on a throne. He's the maker of heaven and the earth and he holds the universe in the palm of his hand and he orders seasons and he shifts times. Times are in his hand. Your enemy doesn't have a grip on your life even if it feels like God is sovereign and in that night God gives a sleepless night to a king. And when kings would have a sleepless night, they would read him a chronicles of the history. It's like a phone book. This is another way to keep put this king back to sleep. And as they were reading the chronicles, this was just another thing to put him back to sleep. And they stumbled upon an event where Mordecai saved his life. And the king who wasn't asleep said, what was done for Mordecai? See the enemy already plotted his funeral. But a man lived obedient and obedient and obedient and obedient to God until came. A tipping point. And next morning, this Mordecai, he wasn't hanged, he was ridden on a mule, and people bowed before him. And that enemy of his was executed. And Mordecai was promoted, and Mordecai was honored. And never again Mordecai went back to being humiliated. When God orders the change of your seasons, it will not come sometimes when you expect it, but it will come when you were struggling with finances, struggling with finances and struggling with finances and you did what was right and you may say, but what else can I do? Hang in there because God who holds the seasons in His time, He will shift the seasons and when they shift, your life will change, amen. When we were praying for salvation of people for many, many years, fasting, spreading flyers, And people said that people won't get saved in a Russian church. At the time it was more Russian than now. People will not come to a church that doesn't speak well English. Interesting part is that there is a God in heaven and He shifts seasons. I remember on one Thursday the youth service where a guy named Chad. He came to the youth service and he was the first person that got saved. And I remember we baptized him. Today Chad serves God in the local church here. He is married. He has children and God greatly impacted his life. But that tipping point that happened on our youth service brought something inside of our spirit that said, people will be saved in our church. And from that point on, we became mad, crazy, passionate. This is possible. This is what's going to happen. And even when we had seasons where maybe somebody wasn't getting saved, we already experienced a tipping point for which we're not going back. This year we're going to experience another tipping point where we're going to see 1,000 souls come to know the Lord. It will build a faith in us that we didn't have before, that nothing is impossible to God. I remember when about four years ago that a, a gentleman, a pastor prayed for me so God will use me to heal people. And after I came back home, I decided to start praying for the sick every single service. The first service, you know, I expected after first service when I prayed for the sick, because I felt the anointing, people will respond and saying I got healed nothing happened second month nothing happened to the point where I remember one Sunday there was very few of us and I was so shy to pray for the sick I was like there is no sick people and if they are it is not the Lord's will to heal them they're not gonna get healed and just to go through the motion because I made a promise to God I said I'm just gonna pray for the sick again nothing happened just like I expected until I went to Seattle it was a GC conference one small conference in a very small room and I did my thing, which I promised to God, I'm gonna pray for the sick. I prayed for the sick. I didn't even ask for testimonies because I was convinced there was none. On. Months later, a lady with her husband comes to our prayer line. And as her husband begins to share how they're coming for their son to receive prayer, he says, by the way, we were at this conference in this little upper room in Seattle and my wife had a scheduled doctor's appointment to examine her shoulder and to probably operate on her shoulder. And when you were there, you said for people to pray for their body parts that were hurting. And when she did that, she felt heat going through her body. And she is here today. It's been two months. She never went back to the doctor for that. She is completely healed. This is the lady. This was the tipping point for me. From that point on, I realized God is gonna use me to heal people. Even when we had months where I didn't see testimonies, but that tipping point, I in my mind recognized my life is no longer a life where healings don't happen, period. Things shifted. they even happened where last week I was in california start praying for for the viewers and 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 god gave me just a picture of what's going to happen and a lady was supposed to come today from spokane but something happened where she received complete healing over the live stream people start coming right after that service even in a studio testifying that god healed them and every time i pray i see god heals people why because a season shifted it wasn't anything particular it wasn't in any special prayer it's just when you do the right thing you boil the water till the point where the water turns into vapor and your season changes that's why i want to encourage you maybe today you are like moses you're keeping your hands up and your hands are tired maybe your faith is tired maybe even this message provokes you because you're like Vlad, i already gave up and lazarus stinks and you're coming and you want to raise him up. I'm coming like Aaron and her. I want to lift your hands. I want to hold your hands so that your hand will see complete victory over the Amalek in your life. God has a change of seasons. God has a change of seasons in your finances. God has a change of seasons in your health. God has a change of seasons in your emotional life, in your spiritual life some of you you just gave up too soon you quit too early you ripped the stamp out of the letter and the letter is going nowhere right now and you're thinking you're just cruising through life you are mad at yourself because you know there is more to life than what you're doing today I want to bring hope inside of you today through the Holy Spirit and tell you rise up and tell you you can do it through the grace of God if you quit something that you know God called you to keep doing pick that up today pick that up today because there is great reward in your faith don't quit too early don't give up too soon in Jesus name amen in the conclusion the the first point that I wanted you to make how to maintain in this season your environment is very important meaning when you go through that it's very hard protect your environment When you protect your environment, your environment will protect your faith. Many people do not understand but creating an environment during the time when you're believing for something from God is more important than actually your faith because your environment will guard your faith when your faith is at its weakest. Environment is church. Environment is at home. Put some podcasts put some messages put some spiritual food around you when your faith is on life support make sure you feed that faith protect your environment bananas cannot grow in alaska for one reason because of environment there are certain things cannot survive and many times when our faith hits the weakest and you're literally it's it's going on its last limp what could help you get through there is if you force yourself to be in an environment that sustains your faith instead of ruins it amen the the second thing is you have to keep your focus in the midst of distractions keep your focus in the midst of distractions the way Elisha received the anointing from Elijah actually he was receiving his spirit means he wanted to receive what was inside of Elijah and Elijah gave him a challenge he says and when you see me taken you will have what you ask for Meaning if you want to have a different spirit inside if you want to be a different man Elisha, that's really hard, but I'm giving you a challenge when you see me taken, I mean, how hard is it to see somebody being taken? I mean we watched the taken movie, right? It's not very hard to see somebody being taken Except there's problem. They're walking together and the chariot of fire comes in between them now when the chariot walks in between you and the chariot of fire you get your eyes Off the prize which is Elijah and you start watching a flaming exciting chariot and that was the temptation I saw that today during prayer as they were fixing the chandelier during morning prayer how many people's eyes people just stop praying that was the distraction that means have moments throughout the day in your life doesn't mean you can have to be focused 24 7 only on your goal that's not possible you're gonna have to be focused on other things but focus on your goal when you spend time with God focus on Jesus when you spend time with God during that time when you have the time with the Lord focus on what the Lord wants to do through you during that time focus throughout the day you will be distracted with other things but during your time with the Lord focus on your dream literally laser focus successful man an average man focus Jesus says narrow way leads to life meaning when you focus your life when you spend time with him you revive those dreams and they become alive throughout the day how I do that practically is that in my time with the Lord I try to have music that really ministers to my emotion I close my eyes and I imagine all of those seven things this year I'm believing for I imagine them and I create a live image I try to create a live image of people walking into the Toyota Center during the race to deliver conference and lifting their hands. I create a live image of that room being completely packed with 30 kids. I create a live image of kids running around, playing, laughing during the summer in the gym. I create a live image of Zachy, Eric, Angela and others rising up and speaking words of healing. I create a live image of the Holy Spirit moving and creating miracles in people's lives and I create sometimes. it takes two, three minutes. I keep that image alive there. It quickens my emotions. I want to pray for something else. When you do that every few times a week, something inside of you changes. Your spirit changes because you were focused on that. And lastly, keep hitting the ground until you break through. Don't quit when you get tired. The way Elisha transferred his mantle to a king is he gave him a test. He says, if you keep hitting, you are going to win. But he didn't tell him when to stop and the king stopped at three times and Elisha got mad And he says if you would have hit to five or six you would have gotten complete victory Meaning your life will drastically dramatically change. You stopped too early. Don't stop when you get tired Stop when you win Because a tipping point happens in your life. It will happen if you don't give up how many of you watched Super Bowl last Sunday? <laughs> Father, I thank you for a spiritual church. Amen. How many of you, you were praying secretly? I mean, even if you're a patriot hater, you, you just hate patriots. And, but secretly, you were hurting for them when they were suffering. It was never happened in a football game before when the team was so behind in points. But there came a point in that game where a tripping, a, a point switched when they got their interception and something inside you could see in their eyes something inside of them rose up and not only they beat the other team but they set the record if they could do it with a piece of cloth full of air you can do it with your life with the power of the Holy Spirit can somebody say amen I want us to believe for miracles today I want us to pray for miracles today, something that two weeks ago when I went for my prayer time, I felt in my heart to start praying for bizarre miracles in our church, unexplainable things like missing stuff to begin to reappear again, supernatural loss of weight, supernatural growth of hair, supernatural dental work by the Holy Spirit where God will cause money to appear in your account for no reason if he could do it in the mouth of the fish he can do it in the Giza check account for God to supernaturally begin to take away the debts you may say that just that just can't happen with the God who has access to everything he can begin to shift things and I believe today we're gonna take time to pray for that in Jesus name we're gonna also pray today but God's gonna be healing people who have asthma bronchitis or shortness of breath People either who watching life or even here, we're gonna agree that the Holy Spirit will do miracles in this place. Why? Because we are His children. Why? Because we are people of faith. Why? Because the Spirit of the Living God who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and He lives inside of me. Can somebody say Amen. I believe somebody here today, you gave up. And you came to the service, not for the service, you came for some other reason. But even during this time right now, God's supernatural will lift your weak hands that have been weakened, and you will receive complete victory over the Amalek in your life, in Jesus' name. Church, I want you to rise. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.